Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times, but your mind is on the future too, and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com slash wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value. Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and today I am delighted to be joined by Kevin McCluskey and Laura Bradburn for a pivotal league encounter against Livingston away from home. Laura, it's time to smash the hoodoo, isn't it? Well, there's two hoodoos to be smashed. There's the hoodoo at the Tony Macaroni and obviously me and Kevin had a 100% record before you joined us the last time. So there's two to be smashed today. Let's do the double. That's taken about 15 seconds for you to bring that one up, Laura. Well done. <laughs> I know. Get, get the digs in early. Uh, Kevin, is that why you've you've pulled out your lucky jersey? That's exactly the reason, yes. I was thinking about that earlier on and I thought Paul needs a bit of a dig out on this one. So we'll wear the lucky jersey. And, uh, you know, if it doesn't work, it's all your fault. Oh, mate, thank you. Uh, by the way, that is looking splendid, I've got to say. We'll start off, uh, David Martindale's getting interviewed on the big screen um, as we speak. He seems to have one over Celtic, but um, it's all about stopping that, ending that. You know, There's been a few occasions this season, uh, one such uh, time where I was looking at Starfelt and I said, you know what, it's time for him just to start playing. It's time for him just to step up to the plate. And I think that that, that time has come for the entire team here to go to Livingston and get a result. Let's have a look at the team 
and then we'll discuss the changes that have been made because uh, there have been four uh, in the starting lineup. And to be honest with you, um, some of the Axon contributors called this. So Joe Hart, Tony Ralston, Cameron Carter Vickers, uh, Carol Starfelt, Greg Taylor, Nir Beaton, Callum McGregor, Tommy Rogic, James Forrest. Jota and Dyson Maeda on the bench we have Bain Yakamakis, Abada, McCarthy Idiguchi, O'Reilly Hatati, Welsh and Juranovic the Livingston team lines up Strijek, Devlin Fitzwater, Obelaye Penrice, Holt Omeonga, Shinny Pittman, Forrest and Nubli and let's run through the team all week we've been talking about the, the supposed changes that could be made we were looking at the uh, performance against St Mirren. The impact of the subs, because I think that Forrest, uh, Beaton and Rogic did pretty well when they came on, Laura. So does it surprise you that there's been so many changes in the starting lineup today from Ange? Um, it does and it doesn't. I think we were having a discussion uh, on the bulletin yesterday and there's a little bit of acceptance I think that we're at a stage of the season where maybe other teams have figured us out a little bit maybe we need to shake things up and obviously from a physical point of view we need to use the squad to its fullest because of the you know the number of games we've had particularly over the Christmas and New Year period so I think although you might have had success in previous fixtures I don't think changes to the team lineup at this stage in the season can ever really be a surprise because I think for any team to win a league it's got to be a full squad effort and uh, Andrew's certainly shown that that's how he's approaching it with the with the number of changes that he's making game to game because I think what the the sort of ethos that he's trying to foster as well is that if the players are good enough and the system is solid enough, they should be able to switch in and out um, uh, relatively flawlessly. It hasn't been shown to be the case a lot, or not a lot, but uh, on a few occasions this season. But hopefully, you know, with time and with with the quality of players that he's brought in and that he will continue to bring in, that is going to be the, the way things happen going forward. There will be no such thing in my mind for Ange as a a strongest starting eleven. It will be a squad that can do the jobs they're called to do when they're called to do them. Mm. And it's a good position to be in. When you look back at some of the earlier games this season, Laura, and the fact that um, we didn't have uh, an offensive option on the bench, for example, um, you know that for me is the best way to go to have that strong squad and to rotate some of the the players. I mean, you can't throw a player in if he's been out for 15, 20 games and expect them to hit the ground running. Now, Elfin Priest has joined us on YouTube. The lineup has put the fear of God into him. Kevin McCluskey, do you feel the same way as Elfin Priest? Uh, I don't, no. Um, maybe my first reaction was... Um, I, I was unsure of some of the changes, but I think Laura makes a really good point that at the moment it's a squad game and we shouldn't be thinking that we have our strongest 11 that needs to play in every game. The more I was thinking about this starting 11, I'm thinking, and it's a very obvious statement to make, but Ange has picked the team with this game in mind. He's, for me, the changes, and he's gone with Ralston in the team over Juranovic because, for me, Ralston's probably a bit more defensive-minded. He's uh, He's got those Scottish street, street smarts that Juranovic might not have yet that could come in handy for this game at Levy. He's going to be beat on in the midfield, who's uh, he's come on in the last few games and made a big difference. And he's got that physical presence that, again, you need when you play against a team like Levy. Rogic, 
would possibly have gone with O'Reilly over him, but it's a toss of the coin between those two at the moment. And Forrest's in as well because he's got that experience and again, he's he's probably a harder worker than Abada is. So while Abada's on form, this might just might not be the game for him. So, I mean, maybe I'm looking for justifications for all the changes, but mm. I think I think they're there and this team doesn't give me the fear. I think this is a team that is strong enough to go and win the game. But if it's not, we can look to the bench and we've got options now that we can bring it on and change things up. So... Ah, I mean, right now, sitting here 25 minutes before kickoff, I'm confident we can go in and do, do the business and get the three points. Yeah, so is Robert Davey, uh, who reckons Celtic will win 3 1. Laura loves a prediction, so I might ask you for one later on, Laura. <laughs> um, Chancer, no Yakamakis, no Juranovic, no excuses if it goes wrong. Both players on the bench. Uh, very strong bench, Laura. I mean, I'm looking at that. O'Reilly, Hatati, uh, just a few weeks back, Juranovic, where undroppable. However, I take what you've said into consideration. Um, it doesn't feel like they're being dropped. It's just this rotational basis that we've been discussing. No, I think I think when, you're, when your options are limited and somebody's in the squad for a longer period of time, like for example uh, back at the start of the season if Turnbull, who had been in the squad game after game after game had suddenly been on the bench you'd have been thinking oh what's he done there whereas I don't think anybody's sitting looking at um, Yakimakis's last few appearances or O'Reilly um, specifically or Juranovic even and thinking ah well they've they deserve to be dropped to the bench it's just a case of they've done the job that they did in, in the last few games and there's somebody else that can come in and to be honest in, in those specific occasions or those specific instances you know look at Juranovic I don't think anybody's saying as good as Juranovic is that Ralston's not going to be able to do a job against Livingston he's absolutely going to be able to do that job um, O'Reilly and Rogic are pretty interchangeable as far as midfielders go um, the only one that might be on the bench based on past performances not being up to usual standard is Hatati um, mm. the reason for that isn't 100% clear whether it's fatigue on his part or just the adrenaline of being at a new club has worn off, but certainly I think perhaps in his case there's been an opportunity to say, "No, we'll give you a, a bit of a rest today. We'll put beat on in there, and you know, um, hopefully you can come on in the second half and have a bit more of an impact." So, but yeah, no, I'm I'm at the point now where seeing pay- players go in and out of the first eleven and switch between the bench and th- and things like that is is less of a concern. The, the only time I think where you, you really start to question things is, is where the player isn't in the squad at all, the match day squad mm. at all. So, for example, Scales, we've not seen hiding or hear of him since um, Bodo Glimt, I don't think. So um, that makes you wonder, was that performance something that's contributed to him not being in the match day squads? Um, but yeah. if he'd been on the bench, I wouldn't be thinking along the same lines. Yeah, definitely. And, and by the way, uh, Julien and, and Dembele. Dembele, of course, was involved in the B team yesterday. Um, dropping out of the squad entirely. We've spoken a wee bit about Julien. It looks as though his recuperation... Um, it looked as though, rather, Kevin, his recuperation had finally come to the point where he could play games. He, we've seen him against Wraith Rovers, but he's dropped back out. Um, and he's a player... I'm not going to buy into all this stuff that he was spooked every time he went to Livingston and all this kind of stuff. I think over time, um, people look at these performances. That was a terrible um, team performance that day when Lyndon Dykes scored the brace. Um, are you surprised Julien's dropped out? Is it a concern at this stage of the season when you need all your big players to be readily available? 
I think it is a surprise that he's not involved. Maybe not so much today because it's on the AstroTurf. Um, and him coming back from kind of his knee injury, it's maybe not the surface for him to be involved in. But in general, over the last few games, it has been a surprise that he's not at least made the bench. Uh, so you've got to wonder, again, you know, what's behind that. Uh, he, he's a guy that really needs minutes. And as much as we would all want to see Stephen Welsh get in the park as well and get minutes for his development, on his day, Julian's probably the best centre-back we've got, or was when he was in the team before. So it is a concern that he's not getting minutes. And with not really having a, a reserve team or a development team that he can go in and, and play games in on a regular basis, you, you do you, you wonder, when is he going to get his chance and what kind of impact is he going to be able to make before the end of the season, if any? Mm. It is a wee concern. I mean... I was saying during the the week there and last week, Laura, that uh, you know we had a, a relatively inexperienced squad in terms of Celtic appearances, and I was tying this into the comments that Tommy Rogic had made, uh, the fact that Ange was defending his players, even though we, you know, everybody watched the Hibs game and thought we were poor. And he's coming out and defending them. And I felt that it was a protective element of Ange to say, well, I'm not going to throw them under a bus because actually, in terms of a team and as a unit, these guys haven't played many games together, really, um, because it's only been this season that they've been thrown in together. And then you look at Beaton coming back in, 266 appearances under his belt. And uh, Rogic, 261, Forrest, 438. How vital is this experience coming in at this stage of the season and do you think he'll use it more often between now and the end of the season? I, th- I think it is it is vital uh, as any experience is but I think with the, the mentality that we're trying to foster or that Ange appears to be trying to foster that experience will be as important if not more important off the field, on the training pitch in the dressing room, that kind of thing there's only a, so much impact a beat on a Rogic, a Forest can have on the park with that experience. At the end of the day, regardless of your experience, you have to play the game that's in front of you on the day. So if there are better options on the field on a given day, then I would go with them regardless of their level of um, number of games played for Celtic. But I think where it will be vital is off the park and, and you know, talking to the newer players, the players who haven't been involved in title races about what it takes to to get it over the line and you know the manager can talk about that till he's blue in the face but sometimes players will take the message on board a little bit more from their peers that, uh, that, are, that are sharing a dressing room with them. Just to go back to the, the point we were talking about the bench as well though, it's like We've talked often about the lack of options and the fact that we've got nobody on the bench to make a change. Very often when when teams came out, especially in the first half of the season, you were looking at the bench thinking, my God, like, regardless of what happens on in the first 11, the, the bench is the weakest we've ever fielded. I don't think there's anybody in the chat or on this show or, or in Livingston today who can look at that bench and say we don't have game changers there. If it's not working for us um, in the first half, You've got Abada, you've got Yakimakis, you've got Hatati, you've got O'Reilly, who can all come on and make a difference. And that's what's vital. That's what we've not had, um, certainly in the first half of the season. Yeah, what a luxury that that seems to be for, for Ange. Uh, Beaton, McGregor, Rogic and Forrest, over 1,300 appearances for Celtic under their belts. I think that's going to be vital between now and the end of the season. Uh, we're talking about changes. We've touched on Ralston. Uh, Beaton coming in for Hatati. Um Hatati, Kevin, 
when he was introduced to this team, he looked like an absolute world beater. Does it just come down to the fact that he's played so many games as he's not had he's not had the rest, back to back campaigns in Japan and then into Scotland, and it actually is the right time to rest them? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you wouldn't normally expect a player to come and play two seasons back to back with no rest uh, and, and be carrying on the form at the same high level throughout the whole time. You see a drop off just um, you know in the World Cup or European Championship years when players have played a full season, summer tournament and come back. They always have a, a drop in form at some point. You're kind of carried on by a bit of momentum and adrenaline at the start and then it, it will fade away. So... Honestly, I'm not overly concerned that his performances haven't been to the same standard because I think he's shown us what he can give us. Mm-hmm. And if he takes a few games out the side just to you know rest the muscles up or whatever, get his fitness back, then going into the final five games of the season after the split, we're hopefully going to have a fully influential Hatate back in the midfield. So, I, I took a I took a couple of games off and we were winning the games and when I come back I get nothing but a stick because the record isn't as good when I'm on the show, Laura. Uh, <laughs> Connor Rowan, why on earth is Maeda starting before Yakamakis? Juranovic should also be on ahead of Taylor. Ridiculous lineup, says Connor. Um, it'll be an afternoon of failing to break them down and putting in high balls to Maeda. Quite a few points there uh, from Connor. Yakamakis. He's just coming back for illness, isn't he, Laura? And, of course, mm-hmm. um, Ange defended Maeda during the week, didn't he? He says, you know, I, I know this player I've worked with him previously in Japan. I brought him in for a very specific reason. And a lot of, according to Ange, a lot, a lot of what Maeda's doing is going unnoticed. A lot of his good positive work is going unnoticed. Do you yeah, agree with I that? think... I, I think it's one of those situations where, you know, we've talked about how reactionary we can be as Celtic supporters. If you'd told anybody a few weeks ago that we'd be screaming out for Yakimakis to start, they might have they might have laughed. But, you know, a few games and a few goals and, and, and suddenly everybody wants him in the starting lineup, which is, is entirely correct. The other way of looking at it is okay, Maeda might not have chipped in with the number of goals that you might want a striker to chip in with, but you can't you can't uh, fault his work rate. Um, and I think that's important. Now, of course, work rate only comes so much. You can run around and look very busy and not do very much. And I think he is guilty of that sometimes. But as with any forward, I think as long as he's doing the work, the chances will come. And especially against a Livingston team who perhaps, you know, we are hopefully going to get a number of chances because I can see them, you know, doing this. I think the new fashionable term is low block, but I prefer to just call it parking the bus. Um, they they are going to they are going to do that today. They're going to invite pressure upon themselves, uh, and you know, Maeda for all his faults as a finisher is somebody who gets can get those chances and can put them away. So. You know, again, it's about luxury of choice. We are we are lucky that we've got Maeda starting, and we've got Yakimakis as another option. But I have to say, of, of the of the changes that have been made in the lineup and and the other players in the lineup, I think Maeda starting isn't isn't the biggest concern for me. No, I, I didn't have any concerns. I actually didn't expect Yakimakis to be starting today because obviously coming back from illness, it can take a lot out of any of us. Never mind a, a pro footballer. Um, and you would hope at some stage to to see Yakimakis coming into into the action. Um, in the previous games against Livingston, Patrick McGulp, who is part of the Tuesday Bulletin, Kevin, made the point that we've played Livy twice 
and we averaged 20 crosses a half. So we've actually crossed the ball in 80 times in the two games against Livy and we've not scored a goal. Uh, Maeda doesn't look so far to have that aerial prowess that uh, you would require to obviously uh, get on the end of some of these crosses, mainly from Jota and Abada. Abada's on the bench today. Is it not about just changing the actual delivery style because I think that you know if Maeda can get in front and I think Ralston's great at that ball you know that he whips it in low and hard the type say player that Maeda is he can get on the end of that so do you think it's time that we change our style in terms of the, the delivery because as I say 80 crosses no goals it wasn't working was it yeah it's exactly time for that we spoke about this after during and after the Hibs game that everything was going down the line and it was high balls being lofted in that Macy was just coming out and plucking out the air. And we made Porteous look like a decent defender because he could win every other high ball. Maeda's a good centre-forward, but he's not a target man. He's not going to win balls in the air. So if we do stick 20 high crosses in, he's not going to win any. If we can whip a ball into the near post, that's his game. If we can mix it up and actually try and put balls into the channel for him to run onto that's his game. Mm-hmm. So, I, 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 to go back as well to what, um, what Anjid said and what Laura's mentioned as well, but Maeda, his best work does go unnoticed because it is those runs into the channels. It is closing the keeper down or the last defender. It is, it's all that unsung work that he's doing. Mm-hmm. And, and it will go unnoticed as a centre-forward until he starts scoring goals. But he won't score goals until he gets the service. So it's not entirely his fault. It is, no, no. A change of service come into him, mm-hmm. and if he's missing chances, then you can have a go on. But he's got to get the chance first to, to miss it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it, I would. I seems... would totally agree. With, sorry, I would totally agree with what Kevin's saying there as well, Paul. With the stat that you're talking about, the the number of crosses that we've put in mm. against Livingston, one of my main concerns about the way we've been playing is that we're swinging crosses into players who that isn't their game. Now, I'm not saying that a smaller stature player can't time a run perfectly and the cross can't be perfect for them to run onto it and score a header but there's a lot more variables that have to go right there than if you've just got a big guy up front who will out jump anybody and a we less don't Ferdinand that. type Laura a less Ferdinand yes. type to get on the, the exactly end of, like a big yes that's a good shout mate yeah. right, um, so my, my, my point being that like if if, t- if we've had those number of crosses against Livingston and we've failed to beat them or failed to score goals against them or struggled at least, then maybe that that's because we shouldn't be putting as many crosses in against them. We should be playing an alternate system. Yeah, definitely. And you know the thing as well, we've seen so many times, James A. Forrest picking the ball up on the right and he does this thing where he just keeps coming in inside, inside, <laughs> invariably strikes the ball with the outside of his right boot. So if Forrest is doing that rather than hitting the, the touchline and getting the ball in and if Jota's doing it on the other side, although his shooting hasn't been up to scratch, and I want to talk a wee bit about Jota, but if he's starting to thread the passes through to Maeda and then you've got the overlapping, uh, you know, inverted fullbacks and Ralston and, and Taylor perhaps hitting the byline, then that, that is what I want to see today rather than just Jota gets the ball, swings it in, Nabada gets the ball, swings it in. And it's kind of like hopeful you know, crossing where, you know, how many times have we seen it just basically evading every single player or, 
your Porteous types just putting his head on them all afternoon long. So yeah, I think we should mix it up a little bit. I'm keen to get more of the comments in. Um, how do you see the game going? Everybody that's tuning in on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitch and on Twitter. If you are watching on YouTube, get yourself subscribing to the channel. Uh, we smashed through 8 million views just the other day there. So the next target obviously is 10 million. So keep tuning in and hit the notifications bell. Jota. Another player, Laura, that came in, impressed us all. We all fell in love with him. We all want him to sign permanently. He's another one that's gone off the boil, I would suggest, um, perhaps since he came back from injury. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I think Jim raised a good point on the on the Friday Bulletin yesterday about the variety of players that we've had stepping up to the plate at various points and in various games throughout the season has been good because if... If Kyogo didn't step up one game, it was Jota. If Jota didn't step up, it was Abada. The only time we've come a cropper is when we haven't had, you know, an individual player to come up and step up to the mark, like against Hibs, for example. Um, and I think what Jota's suffering from a little bit here is that he's been so good for so much of the season that his drop in form or his drop in... Um, impact is is noticed a lot more than a player who had less impact to begin with. Whether it's to do with the injury um, or not, I'm not entirely sure. Um, but one thing's for certain is I don't think you can write him off because even in the games where even in the games where we've struggled, to be absolutely honest, I've always felt like even when we've been playing absolutely rank rotten, he's looked like the most op- most uh, decent option in terms of what he can offer in, in danger uh, coming from that left-hand side. Now, even in those cases, he's not been particularly dangerous, but he's still been a better option than 99% of what else we have to offer. So I, I think he just, you know, he's given us so much this season already that he maybe deserves a bit of a break for a for a slight dip in form. But I'm sure it's a, what's what's the phrase? Uh, form is temporary, class is permanent. I think if you're going to apply that to any player, then it applies to Jota. Yeah, I think he's got some credit in the bank from uh, his performances early doors. Kevin, would you would you agree with Laura? Oh, definitely. And this one, I would. Yeah, um, I think in the last few games when he's been off form, he's he's always still always been looking for the ball. He's never had once. And you get that from some players when they can see that they're, or they can tell that they're just not having a good game and they start to hide and it's, it's maybe one touch passing just to get rid of the ball. But he's mm. still willing to take it on and, and try and beat his man, try and have a go. It's He's maybe, I don't know if he's trying too hard at times because he's missing out a simple pass, a, a little through ball where he's, he's, uh, you know, he's just trying to take on a little bit too much responsibility. Um, there's maybe an element of him becoming a stereotypical lone player in a sense that he's trying to do everything by himself to prove how good a player he is um, but he, he deserves a little bit of slack from us because he has dug us out a hole a few times he is still the player that when he gets the ball you're expecting something big to happen from and whenever he gets it today I'm, I'm, like, I'm expecting something Yeah, I'd agree with that, I really would and I think that um... Looking at the side as well, just a wee fact for you, ladies and gents, the only player outside uh, player, outfield player rather, that hasn't scored for Celtic is Carol Starfelt. Will today be the day that Big Carol gets a goal? He was part of the opener, the very important opener for uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers the other night. Let's go through some of these comments coming in. Jimbo2167. 
Looks like Ange wants to end the game with his best 11 on the park. Laura, that's something uh, Brendan Rodgers used to bang on about quite a bit, wasn't it? I, I don't think Ange often this season has had that that luxury. Um, if we are facing a situation that we've seen a few times this season where it's 60-65 minutes in, can you see him being as bold as he was against St Mirren with a triple substitution? I think so. I think, uh, as we've touched on earlier in the show, you know, there has to be a feeling amongst the, the coaching staff, amongst the team, amongst the fans that there is something that we can do drastically to change things if it isn't working. Now, I'm sure there's people watching this thinking, why are you so worried about Livingston? We've beat better teams than them this season, absolutely. But you can't deny that they've got our number on a few things and have shown that throughout the past couple of seasons. And so we need to be aware that, you know, you have to respect the opposition. They might not have every team in the league figured out and that might be why they struggle in some senses. But for us, we've got to appreciate what they can bring against us and having that ability to drastically change things off the bench with a triple substitution, as you say, or with a few tweaks here and there throughout the match is is a, a vital tool in the Arsenal, not just for the 90 minutes, but for the rest of the season going on with the squad rotation and with the, with the variety of position we'll have as well. Because like we've said before, and like we've been banging on about most of this pre-match is... I think modern football is getting away from this idea that here's your strongest 11 and every other player in the squad is a replacement for a player in the strongest 11. It is Mm -hmm. about having a squad of 24, 25 players, whatever it is, and saying you will all play your part in winning this title this season. You might not play a massive part, you might play a tiny part, but it will be an important one and you just have to be ready for when you're called upon. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the other night there was a, a few surprises. One of them was the reappearance, Kevin, of uh, Albion Ayeti on the bench. We hadn't seen him for a while, uh, since December, I think. Um, <clears throat> you look at the fact that uh, both Ayeti and Sorrow have completely dropped off the, the radar, as has Barkas, but there's a couple of players on the bench in McCarthy and Idiguchi that we haven't seen a great deal of. And um, I don't think they're game changers, those two players, but I would like to see more of Idiguchi. We've not seen a great deal of him. Yeah, I'd like to see him in the park. I think he's only played a couple of games, is he not, in sub-appearances, so we've not seen enough of what he can actually do. Um, it's 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 finding the right time to give him a game, though, because you're going to Livingston, as we've said, it's kind of there's a hoodoo here, it's a bogey ground, you can't throw him into this game, and then if it goes wrong, you know, he becomes an easy target. Um but I, I I would like to see him get some game time. Hopefully, if we can get a couple of goals, get an advantage in this game, we can come on and get a run out towards the end. It's been the last 15, 20 minutes. But um, yeah, kind of as Laura said before, it is it's a team game now. It's a squad game. You know, you, we all have our ideal first 11 in our head. It's the best. But that would be a case of now you pick the best 11 for each game and it's game management from now on till the end of the season. Yeah, the players are coming on to the park. Callum McGregor continues to wear his mask to protect his injury. I'm just looking at some of these guys thinking uh, on the back of what Laura says, you know, with regards to they will be playing their part. We're going to have Kyogo at some point coming back, McCarthy coming back. What can Adeguchi do for the squad? What can McCarthy do uh, for the squad? Um, one final point before we actually join the action. This point came up the other night as well. The main positive, says Elfin Priest, I can think of, might be moving Callum McGregor further up the park. Other than that, God knows. Um, I think the point that was made the other night 
night, Laura, was Beaton at six, McGregor at eight. At the moment, seems to be a better option than Hatati at eight and McGregor at six. Yeah, um, I remember I've only made it to a couple of games in person this season. Uh, don't slaughter me in the comments. Um, I'm sure my record's better than Kevin, so have a go at him instead. Um, I know, Kevin, you, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin has no excuse, does he? <laughs> um, but, I've, I've, uh, won, I've won in Hungary though so that's <laughs> that's right that's right but um, one of them was the, the qualifier um, I guess against Jablonic and I think to my memory McGregor was playing higher up the pitch then and he was really effective as a box to box player um, I, I want to say almost a Paul McStay type I'm not going to go there again um, but he was really dynamic and had a goal threat and also a defence threat. I think he is too hampered when he's too defensive and he's got too many uh, defensive responsibilities. So I'm hoping to see a bit more freedom for him to go forward, maybe add to the the, the goal he got the other week there and, and show the goal threat that he is, that he's not been able to, I think, because of where he's been playing in the system this season. I'm not going to ask for score predictions. I'm just going to ask you, Kevin, first, will we break the Livingston hoodoo today? Yes. Yes, Brilliant. we will. Laura? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not going to say otherwise. <laughs> oh, love it. We get slaughtered if we do. I know. People are already <laughs> typing on Twitter. I can't believe you've just compared them to Paul McStay. Right. Thank you, everybody, for uh, getting involved in the comments. If you haven't done so already, get yourself on the YouTube channel and subscribe. There's loads of big content coming your way. And thank you to Laura Bradburn and Kevin McCluskey for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.